welcome to the Holistic You podcast. I'm your host, James Wyler. The purpose of this podcast is to teach you the things you didn't get taught in school, to teach you the things your parents didn't teach you about living a balanced life, from career through to spirituality, knowledge through to inspiration, exercise through to wealth, and nutrition through to relationships. We help inspire you with the confidence for your own personal development journey. back to another episode. Today, guys, again, we have the pleasure of Ali Flint being on the show. And Ali and I did an episode, uh, last episode, about Ali and her brand and also resilience. And today's episode is actually focusing on specifically personality and how that can impact performance from a well-being, professional performance and fitness performance perspective. We'll also go through and explain all the services that Ali offers as well. So without further ado, Ali, welcome back. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I'm <laughs> surprised to hear that people are tuning back in again, but it's great <laughs> to have you all here. And just a big shout out to you all that have come back for a second round. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, round two. So I'll, I'll jump straight in. So firstly, to set the scene, can you just explain to us what the, because there's, I know there's a lot of different ones like Myers Briggs, for, for example, mm-hmm. but can you just explain to us uh, through your lens, what are the different personality types? Okay, so there's a few things to think about here. You mentioned uh, Myers-Briggs. That's one of a few personality tests that we can take, and they all have their strengths and limitations. So, you know, it's not like there's not one out there in the industry that's that's brilliant. They're a tool for dialogue, not diagnosis. So no matter what test you do go and do, it's about you getting a better understanding of yourself and those around you and perhaps what might motivate and drive them. But also, I think that's the first step. The second step that a lot of us, including myself, miss is the appreciation of other people. So you want to first understand what makes you tick, and then you want to be able to understand what makes other people tick and really appreciate them for them because they're going to do it differently to you. I always talk about someone might speak Latin and you might speak French and you're trying to have a conversation. So that's no different in personality. And, you know, when I think about personality as a whole, I think about it as a jigsaw puzzle. And you want to slowly over time get a new piece for that jigsaw puzzle that you slowly put it together. And then you end up with this picture or you start to get a sense of, ah, they're the parts that make me up. They're the parts that influence why I make the decisions the way I do or perhaps why I train the way that I do or why at work. I find this really easy and it gives me lots of energy, but the person next to me finds that really hard and really draining. So when I think about person, there's the Myers-Briggs, there's DISC, there's the strengths. Gallup's do a great strengths personality test. And if we're just, I'm trained up in a couple of them, but the one I'll talk to you about today is DISC. And that is where you look at, you can have a whole, you can sit anywhere on the circle, but really I'm just going to break in and I can talk to people about this for a week. So we're just going to break it down into a very short three to five minute conversation. So please everyone take it and know that like we're really conducting a complicated conversation, but it really talks about things like, are you a big picture thinker or are you a detail person? So what comes more naturally to you and where do you feel like you feel alive and energetic? So for example, I'm a big picture peak person. I like to think about all the options and I like to think about the future and I, I really struggle with detail. 
So getting in and doing Excel sheets or mathematics or remembering people's phone numbers or what date I need to be there. So that's two sides. The other side is task versus people. So are you someone that prefers to sit in the task space doing jobs? Do you make your decision based on the task at hand? Or are you more towards people? So you like collaboration and you are people focused and you're um, you'll make your decision based on people. So I think about my business. When I'm choosing the timetable for my yoga studio, someone that's task-driven might be like, okay, we have seven spots. It's going to cost us $370 to put a trainer in across those seven spots. We're only getting six clients over here. So, yes, I'm going to run this class and I'm not going to run that class. Because I'm a people person, I think, oh, what do my trainers need? I wonder if they're struggling a little bit with money this week. I wonder if I should keep, like I think about the person to make the decision and then I'll think about the clients and I'll be like, oh, those three clients have been coming for a year every time. They show up every time. So I really want to keep that class even though there's only three people in it. So, you you know, it, just, it can influence how you make decisions. And then within that sphere, There's certain priorities we have, like are you driven by results? Are you driven by action? Are you driven by collaboration? Are you driven by accuracy or by support or by challenge? So it's kind of if you go in and do your DISC profile, you start to get a sense of what influences your decision, what motivates you, what makes it easy for you. So I'm big picture in people. If I'm sitting in that space, I feel brilliant. I feel alive. I feel like my tires are pumped. But if I'm in the detailed task focus, I feel like so fatigued. You know, I may not want to come to work for that morning because I'm like, oh, so teachers, if you're writing reports and you're not a detail person, you'll feel drained writing reports. But for other teachers, that might be the best part of their week or their term because they're like, right, this is really clear. I can be really accurate. I know exactly the system I've got to use and I can just write it out. Yeah, wow. That's that's such a good way to explain it, and, and I like those practical examples. So in terms of how that can impact certain parts of our performance, like let's firstly focus on, say, well-being, how would we sort of approach that? Well, I want to add on, if we're going to be talking about well-being, yeah. you've got your disc, so that's one aspect. But if when I think about well-being, I really think about um, Tony Robbins does the six human needs, and if no one's done that before, you can jump on and do the test for free. And he has what he talks about is if you want to live a full life and a life of quality, that it's working out which of those needs are highest for you. So there's love and connection, variety, significance, certainty, growth and contribution. So what you can do is you can do that test and it will flick back to you the results. And I always look at my top two. And for example, for me, it's growth and connection. So when I'm feeling a bit blah or a bit flat or I feel like my well-being isn't where I want it to be, I think, well, am I hitting growth? Am I hitting connection? Am I growing? Am I doing new things that inspire me? Am I doing new courses? Am I growing my business? Or am I connecting? Like, am I having coffee with the people that mean something to me? Am I having the conversations with my friends? Am I talking to my family that I really care about? So that's an example of growth and an example of connection. You might be someone that needs certainty. So you need to know what's coming up when, and that's what makes you feel safe and secure and motivated. So when I think about well-being, I think about the word self-care and a lot of people associate self-care with sleep, rest, barefoot on the beach, having a massage. Absolutely. 
by all means, that is fabulous self-care, but that's only one aspect of self-care. Another aspect of self-care is what makes you feel freaking brilliant, right? Like when you feel everyone knows that feeling. Well, I hope you all know that feeling. I really do. And if you don't, definitely go and do the six human needs because it might be the link that you're missing. But um, when you want to feel at your best, You know, like your tires are pumped up and you're ready to roll. And that's what the six human needs can give you because if you're feeling a bit flat and you're feeling plateauing and your well-being sort of like, maybe tap into one of those spaces. So when I say massage, rest, that's great. But if your six human need is growth, you might actually need to go and load yourself up. You might need to do a new course or introduce three new classes or go and do a new hobby or something. Do you know what I mean? And that's completely opposite to what we're being told around self-care. We're being told when you're fatigued, you need to stop. And it's like, do you? Maybe, yes, that might be one aspect, but you might also need to, like, do something that makes you feel alive. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'm just trying to think about why you were saying that, which which ones um, what would, would be for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, which ones resonate? I didn't go through each of them, but is there yeah. – so there's love and connection, yeah. variety, significance, certainty, growth, or contribution? Is there one that's kind of... I'd say growth and contribution would be mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, although connection is important too. I mean, uh, it's a hard one because all of them, I would say all of them are important in balance, but I can I can certainly resonate and, and, and see how um, focusing on one of those things can help with your overall performance yeah, based on your preferences. Absolutely. And to give you another one as well, because when we're, this, and the reason why I want to give you so many is because I don't want people to get stuck down one lane. I don't want you to yeah. think that DISC is the only way or yeah. Gallup Strengths is the only way or only know your six human needs. The more you can learn and the more you can understand, the easier it becomes to pull the levers at certain times in your life. So another really great one that I thought everyone knew about, but I'm, every time I mention it, people are like, huh, I've never heard of it, is Love Languages. Have you heard of Love Languages by Gary Chapman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's also a free one to do online. So if you haven't done that, jump on and do that. And and what that talks about is we walk in the world and we tend to show people love how we feel loved as opposed to how they need to feel loved. So they talk about five. There's acts of service, so like doing washing up or cooking for someone or coming over and helping with the garden or helping fix something on the computer. Quality time is spending time with someone one-on-one. Touch. A lot of people think about touch mainly as sex, but it's absolutely just holding hands. And, yeah, it's yeah. not just sex. It's holding hands, cuddling, you know, yeah. just any kind of physical contact. Gifts, like giving someone a gift, and it doesn't have to be expensive. You could find a rock in a paddock and think of someone yeah. and be like, you know, I saw this rock and it really reminded me of you because you've been my anchor for the last six weeks and I just wanted to say thank you. So it's kind of showing them that you care about them through giving them something. And then the last one is words of affirmation, so by telling people. And this is really important for your well-being because if you imagine that you're someone that touch and quality time, so holding someone's hand and spending time with someone is how you feel loved, but their love language is words, so they're always telling you that they love you and how great you are, but they forget to hold your hand or spend time with you, you can see where that mismatch is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I actually did an episode on on friendship and talked about the love languages. Yeah. it's very powerful. I love all these different options and uh, different frameworks that you're going through because, um, as you mentioned, the more that you know, the better you can adapt. 
Yeah, and they're transferable, right? Like we think yeah. about love languages in relationships. That's where it started. But apply it in your work. I yeah. have 25 staff and I know all of their love languages. And so if I want to say thank you to one of my staff members that gifts is their love language, I will physically give them a gift. But another person, I might give them a cuddle and just look them in the eyes and just be like, oh, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. So, you know, you can actually use this at work or with your children, not just with your loved ones or partner. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great segue into professional performance. How do we approach that one, Ali? <laughs> um, lots of ways. No, so I think, I think when we talk about those words, our company, Try Attitude Performance, looks at wellbeing and performance because I think sometimes we're pulling them apart, but actually they work together. So you can never have anything in balance, you know, like it, things aren't simple and life is not simple. So it's about knowing what you need to shine the lens on when. And I always think about like cooking a um, spaghetti bolognese and white sauce on a stove. You've got the water with the pasta, you've got the meat and the bolognese, and then you've got the milk and the white sauce. And that's life. You know, when do I need to stir the pasta? When do I need to stir the milk? Oh, I need to like add some basil to my bolognese, for example. So, you know, when you think about performance and well-being, think about it like that. So what is it that needs your attention right now? And the more when we go back to those personalities, the more you understand you and what makes you tick, the more you can drive that into your performance. So, for example, if you're a big picture people person that has growth as your highest human need, then you need to at work for performance. For you to perform at your best, you will feel more comfortable and more alive if you sit in that big picture strategy space working with people, so having a team of people sitting side by side with someone and then making sure that you've got that growth aspect. So that's like kind of my personality. It's easy to talk to that. So if I was sitting on my own trying to do statistics, that my performance would not be great. But all I would need to do is phone a friend to come and pay an audience, sit beside me whilst I do my statistics and the job will get done. So that's how it impacts performance. If you can understand what makes you tick, you can start to put systems and structures and processes in place to set yourself up for success so that you can do what you do best and get support at the things that you find challenging or need help with. Yep. Okay. Really good sense. You certainly explain it well. And obviously your business is predominantly fitness. So moving on to fitness performance, how do we approach that? And I'm guessing it's of the same sort of approach, but can we just elaborate on yeah. that a bit more? Yeah. Well, let's break that down for anyone out there starting to do fitness. So if yep. someone walks in and their goal is to run 5Ks, I'll ask questions like, when were you at your fittest and what was different back then? Because success leaves cues. What was different in their world? And they might say something like, I was running four days a week. I had a training plan that I was following. So maybe there's someone that needs the detail of a training plan. Or they might be like, I actually had a really cool crew that I ran with. So they're talking about the people part. So asking questions like that can have a huge influence over how we set them up going forwards. If someone is a detail person that likes structure and systems, I'll always make sure they have a six-week plan to, that they can mark and write down all their details. So if they're lifting, if they're doing deadlifts, writing down exactly what they're lifting, when they're lifting, I make sure when they come into the session they know exactly what's expected of them. If I can, I'll even write it up on the whiteboard. So not only am I telling them, but they can see it, and I'll give them a sheet of paper that they have for the six weeks. Whereas someone that 
big picture, variety, growth, challenge, loves all those things, I would never hand them a piece of paper and do the same thing every single day for six weeks. When they come in, the first thing I think about is they need variety and they need challenge. So my warm-up will be different every time. Even if they're doing a deadlift where you want consistency, I'll make sure the beginning and the end of the session are completely different and they don't know what to expect. Or if someone's a people person, I'll say, who's your gym buddy or who's your crew? You know, why are you trying to train at home on your own? This is a very conversation I have all the time. People say to me, I'm just unmotivated to train at home. And I'm like, oh, you're just a people person. It's okay. Stop fighting it and stop using it. You know, why are you trying to change it, train at home? So it's just maybe no one's had that conversation with them before. So if you can understand yep. that, you can start to leverage it. You can yeah. start to set yourself up. Wow, so so inquisitive, Ali. Where did you learn all this? I mean, I know you've got a psychology background. It sounds like you've used all your psychology to then interlace that into your, your fitness training. I mean, what have you been reading? Like, can yeah, you give us some, some tips? And Do you know, it, it has happened over decades. Because I'm growth drives me, I constantly am looking and I'm constantly adding to my toolbox. And when I find something, I'll either write it down in a book or I'll – or I'll have a conversation and soundboard it with someone else to help cement it in my mind. I've been collecting tools, and sometimes I'll go on and Google. I'll be like, what strategies are out there? Oh, for example, for example, when I had my stroke, I am not the cleanest person. My husband, I hope you're not listening, because he will agree, and my children will agree. You're a big picture person, though, so it's big okay. Big picture, not detail, right? <laughs> um, so when I got home with my stroke, I couldn't find anything. Normally it wasn't a problem, but now I had no memory. I was like, oh, my God, where are the spoons? Where is my diary? I spent all day looking for stuff, and I'm like, this is not how I can live my life. So I got to work on doing the research. I rang every single person in my world that is highly organized and detailed-focused, and I said, how do you clean your car? How do you arrange your pantry? How do you store your sheets? I'm not lying. This is honest God truth. And I wrote a list on every single thing. And I only spoke to the people that were detailed and the people that have good systems. I didn't ask anyone like me because they would be exactly the same as me, useless in this space. And then I started implementing those things. Right. That's pretty humble of you to, like, ask about (laughs) those types of things. But I love that. I love that. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I said to one of the girls, I said, how do you keep the rubbish out of your car? And she's like, well, I have a little bag over the gear stick, and then every time I go and fill up the fuel, I put that bag out and put a new one in. I was like, why have I not thought of that? <laughs> that is so simple. And I never thought, I thought the rubbish goes on the floor next to my seat, <laughs> you know. So um, it's collecting. It's collecting and putting them in, and I guess being okay with not knowing. Being yeah. okay, we're not meant to know this stuff. I've been studying human behavior for at least three decades, if not from when I was a child because I didn't trust anyone as a child. So I was constantly looking at people's actions, behaviours, what they did, am I safe, you know, all of those things. So, And I'm still learning on a daily basis. I'm still learning these tools. So start with what you know, use what you have, and then just aim to add one at a time. Like we're doing a personality and performance, this exact kind of stuff. We're doing a 90-minute masterclass that's free. So people can jump, come and jump on that and learn what you can. You know, there's lots of free stuff out there, particularly since COVID. So many people are online offering free stuff. But don't get overwhelmed by it. Like use something that when you learn something, use it in your world. You need to integrate it in. We can all learn stuff, but we often go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, Does that answer your question? 
It, it does, and we'll we'll add a link to your services in the show notes. But that's actually what I want to ask about now, Ali. So we know uh, you you do wear a few hats. So can you just explain um, the hats you wear and the services that you offer, and where people can find you? Yeah, well, I'm a mum. I'm a mum of three, and that's the most important service. So all of my, I'm so crystal clear on my values, and that family is number one. So you know, when you hear what businesses I run, know that family's first, and you can run businesses, and you can be really busy and still live the life that you want to live. I have more freedom and flexibility now than I've ever had in my life. But I do run. I had three companies up until last week when I sold off the yoga studio. Um, I, so I had a yoga studio, a fitness business where we train the person, not just the body. And I have a national wellbeing and performance business. So my business partner is Dave Ballard. He's head of performance at the Broncos. And we joined during COVID to create this company because very similar to you, we were like, man, there's all this stuff that we didn't know as teenagers that could really make a difference in people's lives rurally, um, as adults with our kids. And so we really wanted to help people individuals thrive in an organization but also the organization to thrive as a whole and to build in that resilience piece so you know we work with athletes we work with corporates we work with schools and developing athletes so it's kind of these things that we're learning and these things that we're talking about like I said are transferable and I think sometimes that's the key that we haven't unlocked to understand business is transferable to fitness Fitness is transferable to business. Psych is transferable. You know, like it's all transferable. So using what you know and what you have. I also have a podcast, which you spoke about, Challenges That Change Us, which happened out of adversity. I was so sick last year I couldn't stand up. I have this condition where my um, heart rate goes to 150 when I stand, just on standing. It's like I'm running a marathon, right? So I think I'm the only person in Australia that owns a gym that's exercise intolerant, I think. If there's anyone out there, please tag me. I would love to hear from you how you do it as well. So 18 months ago, I did a half Ironman. And and then in the last 18 months, I've been exercise intolerant. Couldn't stand up, couldn't walk. And so I was lying down. I'm like, I'm not done. I'm so not done with helping people. There's so much more I want to do. And there's so much more impact I want to have. And there's so many more conversations I want my kids to hear. And I can't do it. So I started writing a book. And I'm really bad. I'm dyslexic cannot write a sentence structure. I was like, this is not going to work. And then I thought, well, why don't I podcast? And that's how it started. And now we have this international podcast and I'm just so touched by the audience. And James, I really hope your audience know that I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I get up every day and I do the podcasting because of the people that are listening. That's what drives me. That's my purpose because I hear when they message me to say, that guest you just brought on fundamentally has changed my life. Or that quote that you gave there is now stuck on my mirror. Or I had a friend that's been through that and I sent them your podcast. Like that stuff for the audience, I want you to know it really makes a difference for us as the interviewee, I don't know which word it is, to keep going because we're doing it for you. Yeah, no, and, and that's a strong podcast purpose. Yeah. Uh, I love that, Ali. It's been an absolute pleasure. And on uh, your podcast, I did listen to your episode with Teddy and yeah. he's got uh, quite a sad story, but also again a, a challenge that changed, you know, changed him, and he's obviously um, proved his resilience. So um, and really he enjoyed that episode. Very, yeah, and his understanding about mindset and how that can help in recovery. Yeah. If anyone's, you know, going through a tough time right now, that's a great episode to listen to. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there. But um, again, Ali, thanks so much for coming on the show. I certainly think that you and your 
mission and purpose align with the Holistic You podcast. So it's been an absolute pleasure to partner with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always such an honour to be invited onto a show to speak. Like I said in the very first episode, and I mean it from my heart, is I love what you're doing. I love that you're informing people on the things that we wish we knew when we were younger. You know, what are the things that we would say to our younger self or what are the things we wish we'd been told? Because I think sometimes we get to our 40s, 50s, 60s and think, why did I not know that? You know, and so you're having these conversations now, which is just so fabulous. And and thank you so much for taking the time. And thank you to all the listeners for taking the time and jumping onto the second episode and listening, you know, to our voices again. Okay. Thanks again, Ali. Thanks for listening to the Holistic You podcast, where we inspire you with the confidence to live a happy, healthy, and more balanced life. If you found today's content meaningful, please tag me in your stories or posts or follow me on Instagram. Like and subscribe and leave a five-star written review.